And so we'll read this today, and really we'll just kind of give an introduction to this article that is titled, The Doctrine of God's Providence. It says, We believe that this good God, after creating all things, did not abandon them to chance or fortune, but leads and governs them according to his holy will. In such a way that nothing happens in this world without God's orderly arrangement. Yet God is not the author of and cannot be charged with the sin that occurs. For God's power and goodness are so great and incomprehensible that God arranges and does his works very well and justly. Even when the devils and the wicked act unjustly. We do not wish to inquire with undue curiosity into what God does that surpasses human understanding and is beyond our ability to comprehend. But in all humility and reverence, we adore the just judgments of God, which are hidden from us, being content to be Christ's disciples, so as to learn only what God shows us in the word, without going beyond those limits." This doctrine gives us unspeakable comfort, since it teaches us that nothing can happen to us by chance, but only by the arrangement of our gracious Heavenly Father, who watches over us with fatherly care, sustaining all creatures under His Lordship, so that not one of the hairs on our heads, for they are all numbered, nor even a little bird can fall to the ground without the will of our Father. In this thought we rest, knowing that God holds in check the devils and all our enemies who cannot hurt us without divine permission and will. For that reason, we reject the damnable error of the Epicureans who say that God does not get involved in anything and leaves everything to chance. Amen. So we're getting pretty deep now. We're hitting doctrines that are quite distinctly reformed, and I would argue then quite distinct, distinctly biblical. We're talking about the truth that God is God. God is sovereign. Reality is his will, for reality is his decree. All our articles have been working up to this in such a way that we cannot logically oppose this article when all the facts are laid on the table. We can either faithfully see the truth, or we can essentially emotionally squirm. But hear this in some ways, understandably so. Because it's very rare for any of us to readily accept this truth. Let's just be honest, it's very hard. Uh, it's crucial, therefore, when we engage on this topic to hold to that Pauline line that such were some of you, we must keep that in mind. We must remember where we have come from. You don't accept this doctrine because you are smarter than anyone. You don't accept this doctrine because you are better than anyone. You accept this for the same reason the angels did not fall, solely by the grace of God alone. God's providence over all life is truly radical revelation. It's really game-changing, and hopefully you see that all the more clearly after our short time in Ephesians. 
your entire life from before the foundations of the earth to your birth, to your spiritual rebirth and on, was ordained, is ordained, and is under the will of God. Before acceptance, this doctrine, though, is quite offensive. For it declares such things that are antithetical to essentially almost everything we're taught growing up in our lives. In a phrase, it knocks us down and declares to us, you are not God. You are creature. He is creator. And none of us are born loving this fact. We are all born desiring the false promise of the serpent. We all want to be like God. And therefore, we all covet his throne. And we all naturally hate that he is seated on it. Once this doctrine is accepted, however, it is the greatest comfort there is to the child of God. In the depths of woe, God is with you. In the shadow of death, God is near. In the fires of persecution, God is beside you. In such a way that not even a numbered hair from your head will fall outside of his holy will. It's because of this we could sing just but a moment ago, the oceans roar, you are the Lord of all. The one who calms the winds and waves and makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the sea, the nations rage, I know my God is in control. It's because of this truth Christ told his followers, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Trials and tribulations will come, and some lives to lesser degrees, and some lives to greater. But we have comfort in knowing nothing thwarts God's plan. Nothing rivals his power. Nothing disfigures his will. Providence, then, beloved, is not merely another doctrine we confess. If I can be blunt, Calvinism, the doctrines of grace that we confess is not some doctrine of snobbish intellectualism, even though we and myself included sometimes so poorly represent it. It is rather a daily outworking of our lives. It is something not just known, but rather experienced in every breath, every moment, and every millisecond of our existence. God sustains us. God guides us. God loves us, his children in Christ. There are, of course, questions that rise from this, though. How am I not reduced to a, a flesh-covered robot if everything is in God's will? How is God not the author of sin if everything is in his will? And we will spend many weeks on this article, frankly, answering such questions and exploring them. But for now, as we close this time and comes the means of grace that is the preaching of the word of God, rest. Rest on this Lord's day, knowing your God's providence extends to every atom, corner, and creature in the universe. Rest, therefore, knowing you, each and every one of you, are here 
today by divine appointment. You are here to hear the gospel to be declared, the gospel that has been ordained by the monarch over all to be heard by your ears. It is not merely that our elders, our pastor wants you to hear these words today. It is that God wants you to hear these words today. So you who have ears, may God let you hear.